The Zone is presented by Guaranteed Foods, delivering all natural food to Midwestern families since 1958. Enjoy healthier food, more free time, free delivery, and better value. Go to GuaranteedFoods.com. Hi, we continue right here on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Jason Anderson with you, Josh Briscoe, Dylan Michaels. We head up until 2 o'clock. We'll hear from uh, Andy Reid in the 1 o'clock hour, and uh, we will also talk with uh, Clark Hunt, Chiefs Chairman and CEO. That'll come up in the uh, 1 o'clock hour as well. So looking forward to that conversation as uh, Todd Lebo, Soren Petro there at uh, Radio Row in Las Vegas. We talk some college hoops now with uh, Myron Medcalf, a college hoops insider from ESPN, presented by CASA, C-A-S-A, court-appointed special advocates, Jackson County CASA. Community volunteers just like you, they stand up and speak out to help children who have experienced abuse or neglect. Jackson County CASA recruits, trains, and supports these CASA volunteers to advocate for the best interest of children who are in the Jackson County family court system till they found a safe and permanent home. Jackson County casa mo.org Jackson County CASA-MO.org joined now by Myron Medcalf from ESPN here in the zone Myron what's up man how are you today I'm good man it's Super Bowl week so you know excited for that man and yeah some good games on the last couple of days too yeah it's it's amazing that uh, the sunflower showdown gets uh, drowned out uh, in this town after the uh, World Cup announces six dates in Kansas City um, for four in the group stage, a round of 32, a quarterfinal, Chiefs start the week of uh, press conferences and uh, arriving there in Vegas, and uh, Bobby Witt signs an 11-year contract <laughs> extension. Yeah. Uh, and, then, yeah. and then KUK State plays that night. So nothing going on on a Monday at all, Myron. Hey, it's a, it's a good problem to have. No man. doubt. I'm excited for the World Cup, man. Like that, That's one of my bucket lists. Items, man. I, I got to get to a, a match somehow, mm-hmm. some way, man, because I think that's just going to be such a, an electric event. And I, and I hope our fans, I mean, there, there'll be fans from around the world, but mm-hmm. I, I hope we're a good host. You yeah. know what I mean? Because I think that'll mean a lot. Yeah, I, I think we will be. I, I got uh, buddies in different cities that are already planning their trip to uh, to KC and staying in my house. I'm like, yeah, yeah I, I, I was like, I got an extra room. I got a basement. Uh, you can uh, put a tent up in the backyard. I mean, it's uh, we got space, you know, if, uh, if you want to do that, you know, come. And I've got one buddy that's like already planning his trip around the country, the different games he's going to go to. Man, he's a huge, huge right. diehard soccer fan. I always wanted to go to the World Cup, and now he's doing it. We got an MLS team up here in Minneapolis, mm-hmm. man. So we got every we got every major sports team, yeah. you know. So man, it's college football and college basketball, two division one. When I tell you that is the most electric environment of, of any game in this city, like those fans in soccer, <laughs> like it's they amazing. don't. There's no break. Nope. In 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 their cheering, like they, they have the most stamina. I feel like of any fan, mm-hmm. and we got this thing, man. It's almost like this vertical joint. It, it, it looks like a big ladder almost, right? And and it's like a free-for-all. You know, it's first come, first serve. And these people climb this thing, man. I'm afraid of heights. I couldn't do it. <laughs> but just, they are nuts, man. So I just, to, to imagine that, Times a hundred in the World mm-hmm. Cup, man. I'm I'm pumped for that. Yeah, man. yep. I can't wait. It's been an amazing couple of days uh, here in Kansas City with all the stuff going on, uh, and then uh, KUK State plays last night. Uh, let's start there. Yeah. Um, you know, we we joked a couple of weeks ago with um, uh, Jerome Tang being a warlock. Um, they've gone through their struggles. Uh, they've uh, they've had a rough patch, but 
if he's smart, he should just try to take every team to overtime. You know, just try to do that yeah. because yeah. the man is 11-0. and 20% of all the games Jerome Tang has coached at Kansas State have gone to overtime, and he is 11-0 and in those overtime games. He was at a loss for words. He couldn't describe it last night, was asked, and he's like, well, I mean, players make plays in overtime. You know, there's pressure. We practice pressure, but you can't simulate that, what's, uh, what's going on. So, you know, just credit the players for making plays. Is there something more to that? Is this one of those crazy statistical anomalies or you get this many games in a row without a loss that, you know, there, there's something more to finding ways to sort of get wins in that small five-minute period that so many things can go different ways uh, over an 11-game span to, to not lose a game yet? Yeah, I mean, I think it's more like in that game, I, I, thought, I thought Kansas got outworked, which was surprising. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. if you tell me that it's just about shot makers and big plays, that's one thing. But I, but I thought K-State outworked them. Um, but that's also a K-State team that lost four in a row. Like mm-hmm. I just think it's this league. And I think it's this league where if you have a bad two-minute stretch in, in Big 12 play, that could be the game. You know what I mean? I think that's just the, the challenge of kind of fighting in that league, especially on the road. Because, you know, K-State before that, they didn't look good uh, on the road against Iowa State. They got destroyed by Houston. I mean, everyone does, but, I mean, they lost by 22 on the road uh, against Houston last week. And then they, they play Oklahoma at home. They lose by 20. And then they go to OK State, which is one of the teams that's maybe the worst team in, in the league, uh, along with West Virginia, and they lose there. And then they come out and beat Kansas. Yeah. I mean, it's just a wild league, man, where there's just so much talent top to bottom where you just can't have – a bad night. I mean, it, this is a league that will punish you uh, for a bad night. It, it'll punish you if you decide that you're not going to work as hard um, as your opponent. I think in overtime, Tyler Perry, what he was able to do, I thought Kaluma made some yeah. effort plays mm-hmm. in that in that stretch where it wasn't just about you know skill. It was like I'm just going to out hustle you, um, and then you miss key things like that free throw by Kevin McCullough and. But DeJuan Harris had a couple moments where, oh, man, you're better than that. But it's just the league, man, and it's just that tough. And it's really punishing uh, to teams that don't put together a complete game. Yeah, the uh, transitive property doesn't work in sports anyway, but it certainly wouldn't work in the uh, Big 12 if, uh, you know, K-State loses by 20 to Houston and then uh, yeah. KU beats Houston by, you know, 13, and then KU loses to yeah. K-State. <laughs> like, on the road. The tra- transitive it's property wild. does not work uh, in that. But, yeah. you know, Jerome Tang, you know, it, it, look, it, the first year and a half, we've talked about how good of a coach he is, but if you're, if you're taking over at K-State, one, embracing Manhattan, embracing the, the culture, embracing the fans, which he's certainly done, um, takes them on a uh, tournament run to the Elite Eight uh, and, and you know, beats KU twice at home. 2-0 you know, and at home yep. against KU. Like, he just continues mm-hmm. to check off the things that if you're the K-State coach, these are the things you need to do to ingratiate yourself, to be as loved as he is, and, and he's done that. He got a little annoyed at the, um, uh, the, the KSU chants, changing back to what he doesn't want them to chant with the FKU. Uh, yeah. There, uh, but yeah. but I mean, 
that 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 to me is like uh, I mean I know he wants to fight the battle, but that's going to be there, uh, you know. Re- re- lose that re- regardless, you know, regardless, it, yeah. maybe a little leeway. Maybe it's like uh, in his mind, like I don't want him to say it, but I'll give him twenty five seconds total during the game. Yeah. Yeah, let's keep a stopwatch yeah. on him in twenty five seconds, at ten seconds at this point, fifteen seconds over there, and, and then twenty five seconds. Yeah. That's it. Go back to the KSU chant. <laughs> but he's he's yeah. checked yeah. off all the things that if you're going to take over for uh, Bruce Weber, um, that uh, those are the things that you would want that coach to do yeah i mean you gotta let fans do what fans do in this game i mean this is k-state kid I mean, these are, yeah. like i was thinking about it like in the big in the big 12 and not even just big 12 college basketball missouri and kansas don't like each other right that's clear um you know kansas has other teams i mean they've been winning for so long but it feels like and i've been to those games in Manhattan. like i was at the one where homeboy picked up the chair oh yeah um, yeah sylvia de Sousa. <laughs> Bro, I'm on my way. I'm picking up my laptop to go write a story. And all of a sudden, I hear this commotion. And, and I look over, and I see a dude holding up a chair, and people are fighting. And it's crazy. <laughs> you know what I mean? But, like, there's always something in that building. That those fans, you, you got to give them their moment. Mm-hmm. You, know, you just beat Kansas twice, you, you know, at home under Jerome Tang. Like, Jerome Tang, again, it's about fit, right? And, and Kansas State found the right dude. The guy had been waiting 20 years as an assistant to finally get his head coaching job. And last year, you know, was incredible to start that way. I think the case this year is more impressive if they get into the tournament and they can make some noise. Like, to beat Kansas twice and do what they've been able to do with everything they lost, the top two players from last year, Tomlin, I mean, you've lost so much, and yet here you are playing with a guy who, you know, was the star at North Texas last year. Um, so I think it's been an incredible run for Jerome Tang. And honestly, if I'm a Kansas State fan, I'm worried that he's maybe a little too good, right? Because it's like, who's going to be snooping around after the season if there's a big opening? I mean, Jerome Tang will have to be on the list uh, for some of those jobs that might come open. Visiting with Myron Metcalf, uh, when we have him on, it's benefiting Jackson County Casa. Uh, BYU, um, you know, new to the league, and they had the uh, the stretch where they lost to Texas Tech on the road, and they lost at home to Houston. Yeah. Again, no uh, no issues with that. I mean, that's what happens in this league. They take care of Texas at home. They go to West Virginia and win. Uh, again, things that if you're going to finish near the top of the league or in the top half, those are things you need to do. Um, what kind of team is BYU, and what's uh, Kansas State facing, um, you know, uh, this uh, this weekend when they uh, head to uh, Provo to take on uh, BYU? Well, all those dudes like 32 years old. <laughs> those some, some grown men. I mean, those those yeah. cats got 401Ks and, and kids and stuff, man. So, uh, but, but, I mean, it's a, it, it's, a, it's a good team, and they have, you know, that home court advantage. And I know everybody has that in, in the mm-hmm. league, but, man, the Marriott Center is crazy, you know, just – one of those buildings where fans go all in every night, you know, to support their team. I mean, you know how good Houston is. They beat them. They also lost to Cincinnati, but, you know, all the other losses were on the road. So I, I just think it's a tough team, you know, a good team in this league. They shoot a lot of threes. I think almost as many threes, maybe they lead the nation in terms of, like, uh, three-point okay. attempts I think compared to their second. overall shot attempts. Yeah, I think they're yeah, second so, nation, North Florida and then BYU. Yeah, so they're launching them, you know, and they're making about 36% overall. Um, so that's just a difficult thing to stop because if you believe the analytics, you know, there's not a whole lot you can do um, 
could stop a team if they get hot. They struggled in Big 12 play, but they're still launching them. So, you know, I think it's a team where, you know, they can get out fast, and you can't allow them to do that, especially on that floor. Um, and you got to be good defensively. So I think it'll be an interesting game. I like Spencer Johnson and Jackson Robinson and all the players they have on that team and kind of what they've been able to do. They beat Texas after Texas was kind of heating up. They got to win over Iowa State, good Iowa State team. Um, so I think it's, you know, again, one of those moments where fine, you beat Kansas, but now you got to prove that you can do it. Uh, I guess another good team now on the road. Visiting with Meyer Metcalf, let's talk about uh, KU. They they lose last night to Kansas State. They took care of Houston in a pretty dominant fashion, and uh, now they uh, they head to Baylor, um, or excuse me, they uh, they play Baylor uh, this weekend yeah. home game. And uh, Baylor will be playing Texas Tech. That's tonight, right? That's a tonight. That's tonight's game. Uh, so Baylor and yeah. Texas Tech. That's uh, down there in Waco. Um, and, you know, Baylor coming off a, a win at home against Iowa State in what was just a, a crazy game where Baylor's got a lead and Iowa State comes back and Scott Drew gets ejected for kneeling just outside the uh, the coach's box. Mac Rhodes, you know, uh, you know, criticizes the officials. He's getting a fine from the Big 12. Like, yeah. uh, some things going on in, in Baylor. What would you make of the, uh, the Baylor-Iowa State game and the – um, the Scott Drew ejection because it looked like he was trying to talk to the official that was nearest to him, and the official that was underneath the basket is the one that teed him up for the second time to uh, to eject him. Yeah, that was weird, man. You know, if you know Scott Drew, like I've known Scott Drew a long time, man. Like that dude doesn't get ejected. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he's what seven hundred plus games never ejected. So that's weird, especially on his home floor. You know what I mean? Like that's just a weird thing for a coach of that status. Uh, to get ejected like that for being outside the coaching box on his home floor. So we're going to find out what the Big 12 says. I know Mac Rhodes got that $25,000 fan. And listen, if you're Baylor fans, you want Mac Rhodes to do that. Like, like that's what an AD is supposed to do mm-hmm. in, in that moment. So it was a weird thing, but it, it, it kind of galvanized Baylor in that game where Iowa State, I mean, if you would have just checked the box score earlier in that game, you would have been like, oh, it's over. Yeah, you know, Baylor's up. And, and then Iowa State makes this run, and they had to fight to the end. So I think just the way they finish, uh, Jaden on and kind of what he was able to do, had a big uh, forced turnover and then a big play late. Um, it, it just says, again, a lot about just the heart, I think, in this league and no nights off. I don't know that, you know, even Houston, as good as I think they are, I don't know how far ahead they are than everybody in this league. Like, it, to me, it feels like, there are seven or eight teams, mm-hmm. nine, where you're like, if you tell me everybody plays their best, you have a bunch of even games. You know, I think just that's what the the skill is in this league. But I thought for Baylor that was actually a boost. Scott, you get ejected in the way they play mm-hmm. down the stretch, but um, just a weird thing. Myron Medcalf is our guest, benefiting Jackson County Costa when we have him on. Um, Missouri is officially the worst team in the SEC after losing to Vanderbilt uh, by uh, seven points and 0-9 in conference play. They're 1-12 in their last 13 games. Um, 
I mean, they've, I don't even know how many games they've got left, but if, if they don't yeah. manage to win one or two, I mean, are, are we potentially talking about uh, Desiree Reed Francois saying that, you know, she's got to make a move because it's gotten so bad so fast uh, there in Columbia with, uh, again, uh, this is Kim Anderson level when it was like, yeah, it's time to move yeah. on from, uh, from somebody like Kim Anderson. This is, I didn't think it would be like this under Dennis Gates. And uh, this team has just found ways to lose a lot of close games, get blown out in some games, and just simply not be good enough at any point during conference yeah. play? It hasn't been pretty. You know, I mean, this hasn't worked out. You know, I, I think he thought he'd have Caleb Grill and, you know, obviously mm-hmm. the, the injuries there and some other injuries they're dealing with. And um, it, it's ugly. I, I would like to believe, you know, I, I don't know. In the social media era, we're very quick to move on. Yeah. You know, especially when it comes to coaches. And to me, it's not the losses, you know, because you know what he can do. Now, if you tell me a situation where this is back-to-back years, okay, that's one thing. Then you're saying there's no track record to prove that this coach can actually elevate a team. That's not Dennis Gates, you know. I mean, that wasn't him at Cleveland State. That wasn't him as an assistant. And that wasn't him at, uh, you know, Mizzou last year. So I think you you know um, what he's capable of. So I think that has to come for something. It's not like it's easy to win 25 games in a season, especially in your first season. Um, so I think you got to go into next year and say, okay, what do you have after that sort of disaster? Um, you know, what, what can you do? And then that, to me, is what more of the pressure is. But it, it, it's ugly. You know, what is the team saying? I think in situations like that, if you tell me the guys are still competing – Guys are still bought in. Guys are still trying. And the games I've seen, I haven't mm-hmm. felt like I've witnessed a team that is quitting, you know, a team that just can't figure it out. Uh, certainly offense or defense, but especially defensively, that's one thing. But I don't feel like this is a team that, that's quitting on anybody. Um, but I never expected this. You know, yeah. it's just Teddy Smith told me something when I covered Teddy Smith. And he said, the best thing that ever happened to me in my career was winning that national championship at Kentucky in my first year. And he said, the worst thing that ever happened to me was winning that national championship (laughs) my first year, because all of a sudden expectations start at a level that they just don't usually start at for a first year coach. Mm -hmm. And you can't do anything about that. We saw did escape win 25 games. We saw him take a team to the tournament. We saw him, you know, produce a pro level guy. We saw that. Yeah. But now you come into this season and it's like, that's the measuring stick, and it's just hard to sustain that. Yeah, uh, and I think it—you know—so much it's year to year, and the, the building over time and in today's college basketball is not something that really happens. And and you know, replenishing and restocking and bringing in transfers that you know you, you get a you get the wrong group of guys. It's like in—it's uh, a, a longer version of in baseball. The more times you go to the bullpen, the better chance you have of getting somebody who's having an off night. Um, you know, the more turnover you have in your roster year to year, the, the better chance that one of those uh, groups is not going to work. Um, this is year two of this. And um, I think, unfortunately, for Dennis Gates, is this has been so bad that the equity built up last year is sort of back to zero. And it's uh, starting yeah. from scratch next year. That, that's, that's the issue for Dennis Gates is going into year three. Um, it's like, man, year one, you won a tournament game. Everything looks good. You're bringing in talent. Um, you know, you yeah. got this freshman recruiting class. You got some transfers that look to be pretty good. Like, yeah, even if you're sort of just on the bubble this year, it's like, all right, a couple of years, you make the tournament, win a game on the bubble, sort of uh, getting back into then replenishing 
Uh, but now it, it goes into next year as in like, well, you better do something now because after last year yeah. and, and if they go winless in the SEC, I and mean, that's, again, that's Kim Anderson level when it was uh, embarrassing and people weren't watching or paying attention. I barely even tuned into the uh, Mizzou and Vanderbilt game. Just barely even watched it and yeah. just on in the background. It's interesting, man, because in a past generation of college basketball, this would happen. You just didn't see it all the time. You didn't focus <laughs> yeah, on yeah. it because we didn't have social media. You didn't have as many nationally televised games, right? But, like, go go look at early Coach K at Duke and some of these other legendary coaches who didn't get off to great starts, who, who have some really, really bad seasons on their resumes, right? And my thing about Dennis Gates and why I think you have to give him year three is, yeah, yeah. again, this is not indicative of what his career has been. That is a whole different conversation. I'm not going to mention other coaches around the country who are also struggling, but there are certainly some coaches where you go, okay, that guy has not shown any signs of really elevating the team. you got to analyze him through that lens. Yeah. Dennis Gates, if you look at his whole career, and I knew Dennis Gates as an assistant, and then the Cleveland State job, and then what he did last year at Missouri. Like, if you look at the total picture, this is an anomaly. Now, if you tell me that this is a trend – I'm with you, but it's not. So I think that to me is like mm-hmm. there was a generation where we didn't just get rid of coaches a- after a couple of years because those were bad seasons. Like that that happened, and a lot of those legends, a lot of those incredible coaches, they didn't they weren't playing when everyone saw their games on TV, so you didn't you didn't see them all the time. But they had to get through that, and I think maybe that's just that for Dennis Gates, a really really bad year. Nobody can explain the injuries. Team just not executing, but no one can look at his overall resume yeah. and say this dude can't coach. Because mm-hmm. if he can't, if his resume said otherwise, that's a different conversation. But that's not what Dennis yeah. Gates is. Yeah, he's got that going for him. And uh, this off season and next year is going to be pretty big for him. Also, finding ways to win some games down the stretch, getting Caleb Grill back certainly would help. Uh, and we'll see what they yep. end up doing. Myron Medcalf joins us, uh, ESPN, our uh, College Hoops insider. But also, it is Super Bowl week. So, uh, Myron, before we let you go, yeah. I do want to uh, see what you think about the game coming up on Sunday. Um, and, and if you happen to have a score in mind uh, for, for a, a prediction for, for Sunday. Well, I'm never going to bet against Patrick Mahomes again. I, I thought they would <laughs> lose to Baltimore. I mean, I thought that was the team. The way they were built, the way that team plays defense, the way they've been destroying teams at home, I thought that was the moment, and it didn't happen. So I've never bet against Patrick Mahomes again. But, you know, I, obviously the thing with his dad, is that a distraction? I mean, he's just been through so much. He's faced adversity. I think he's the greatest quarterback we've ever seen. Not on accomplishments. I'm not calling him the GOAT. That's Tom Brady. Uh, save the tweets. But if we're just talking about you need a quarterback to lead your team in NFL history, I'm picking – Patrick Mahomes. So I, I think they win that game um, against Brock Purdy. And I think, you know, there's just not a strong track record of, of young quarterbacks winning Super Bowls. Obviously, Mahomes did it, but we're talking about him in the GOAT conversation. Mm-hmm. Guys below that level haven't done that uh, in this league. So I think I'll go 31 27 is the number I've been thinking about. Right. Kansas City wins. Um, and, and I think they'll jump out to a decent lead. Because I just don't know. Like, everybody knows it's going to Kelsey. Like, everybody knows. That's how they're going to move down the field. You can't stop it. Um, and, and I think uh, just that'll be the key to victory. But Kansas City gets another one.
Yeah, we'll Must see. Must be hard for you all down there, right? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, my goodness. We had a World Series trying to figure in the out last the, decade. Yeah, I mean, oh, right? Yeah, Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> World Cup is coming. Yeah. Oh, Kansas basketball. Oh. Yeah. The Power and Light District is amazing. It, it must be so hard. It's difficult. Down uh, in Kansas City. Beautiful new airport. Yeah. How I'm do just, you all do it, man? Just trying to, How I mean. How are you all surviving down there? Just turning over every stone, trying to find anything to talk about um, <laughs> during the days. Like at night, I'm like, God, what am I going to talk about tomorrow? Just scraping the bottom of the barrel. I guess we'll get into Pete Rose Hall of Fame, you know? I guess oh, we'll man. Why, LeBron v. Jordan. Let's really unpack that one. Uh, you know, let's get into that conversation that's not talked about enough. I really want to, you know, we got to figure some things out to talk it's about. A good problem to have, man. <laughs> hey, real quick, is Andy Reid going to retire? You think? No. Or is that? Is that not? No, I think. Uh, I don't. I don't think so. Uh, your colleague uh, Adam Teicher, that covers the Chiefs there uh, for ESPN, he has a story this morning, and it's just like, you know, the the, the theme around to, to me, Andy Reid is like everybody that's around him is like, well, what's he going to do? Like, I mean, if, yeah, he, if yeah. he he doesn't have his hobby is football. Like, you know, he said yeah, that yeah, uh, when he goes on vacation, he's like, some people read novels. I watch football plays like on vacation. <laughs> he's just looking at plays it's like it's what he does. And I think with the quarterback, the coaching staff, sort of the front office in place, I, I think this is sort of when Andy Reid maybe thought about what his life would look like as a coach. You would picture something yeah. like this. And it'd be odd for someone who loves it that much to say, you know what, I'm done. I'm just going to go and hang out and watch plays for fun and not be around that. I just, I don't think it's time yet. And he said that, you know, he's, he was asked early, he's like, I'm old, but I'm not that old. All right. So, um, yeah. Yeah. so yeah, I don't think he's going away for, for, you know, next two, three, four years, in fact. And I, I've even said, Myron, that, you know, he's a lover of, um, of the, the history. And yeah. as he gets closer to Don Shula, if he hangs around for another, you know, two, three years, and all of a sudden he's Don Shula's, there. if Don Shula's within reach, he's 50-something games away total, including postseason. Um, if he starts to get close, now all of a sudden you might be saying, well, now a couple more years if he can still have Patrick Mahomes and, and uh, catch Don Shula. So I think there's a chance that he might be coaching for a little bit longer than than, than people think just because that might be a motivating factor to go and catch him. So I think if, 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 he, if he wins – 11 games for the next five years, I think he would pass the uh, the wins for, for Don Shula. And that's certainly oh, wow. in the discussion for for, for Andy Reid. So I don't think he's going to retire. Oh. I think he's going to be around for a little bit. Um, and I don't think Kelsey's going anywhere either for the next couple of years. But, you know. Good, man. The game's better with Andy Reid. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. It's uh, it's better around here, too, Myron. We, if he retires, I have no idea what we'll talk about. You know, and then that, now what do we Yeah, doing? man. Y'all like, you know, y'all like the Kim Kardashian of sports, man. Like, y'all are just... Everything's gold down there, man. I'm jealous. Yeah, no, it's. Uh, I get it, man. I am not taking it for granted at all, man. It's uh, very much appreciated around here uh, that uh, we're talking about the Chiefs in the Super Bowl again, and we're discussing Patrick Mahomes last night talking about his Super Bowl week routine, Myron. Patrick Mahomes has a Super Bowl week routine because this is the fourth time he's done this. Uh, just uh, unbelievable, man. Yeah, it's like a guy with his favorite Ferrari. Well, this is the Ferrari takeout on Tuesdays. Uh, yeah, uh, Myron, you are the man. Appreciate it as always, brother. Enjoy the uh, basketball and the football, and certainly love listening to you as well right here on Sports Radio 810 on the weekends on uh, ESPN. So thank you for joining us as always, and we'll talk next week. Sounds good, man. Good luck this week. Absolutely. There's uh, Myron Metcalf again when he joins us, benefiting Jackson County Casa. Great dude. Love uh, talking with Myron. Uh, C-A-S-A, Jackson County Casa. They're uh, court-appointed. 
special advocates, court-appointed special advocates, community volunteers just like you stand up. They speak out to help children who have experienced abuse or neglect. It's Jackson County CASA. They recruit, train. They support the CASA volunteers to advocate for the best interest of the children who are in the Jackson County family court system until they have a safe and permanent home. It's jacksoncountycasa-mo.org, jacksoncountycasa-mo.org. We'll take a time out. More Zone next. All right, hanging out on this Tuesday edition of The Zone, Jason Anderson with you. Josh Briscoe, Dylan Michaels, we head up until 2 o'clock. Thank you to Myron Medcalf joining us. Talking some uh, college basketball, but also some NFL football and just how amazing it's been around here you know, in the last decade with a, a World Series, two World Series appearances in the last decade for the Royals, a World Series championship, four Super Bowls. We have had six world championships in the last, uh, you know, decade um, and, you know, decade plus throw in uh, sporting as well. But just in the last decade, six world championship appearances for the Chiefs come Sunday, two World Series and four Super Bowls in a matter of 10 years. 2017, 2018, 2021, going back to 2014, and 2021 are the years that they have not um, had a world championship participation in some way, shape, or form. 2014 World Series, 2015 World Series, 2019, 20, 22, and 23 Super Bowls. I mean, you can count in the last decade more world championships they played in than they haven't in this town. And the World Cup is coming, and... um, Bobby Witt Jr. is signed <laughs> long-term. It's been awesome. I do want to let people know our coverage at uh, Radio Row is Todd Lebo's hanging out there, presented by Deepa Squally Moore. Injury attorneys, car, truck, or motorcycle wreck, get the money you deserve. Mike's got this. And also Hollywood Casino, the all-new sportsbook at Hollywood Casino at Kansas Speedway, now open, remodeled with an all-new bar, ticker, tape, leather, sofas, and armchairs, and so much more. The big game is coming up on Sunday at Hollywood Casino. You know, you know, Jason, it's also brought know. to you by the Low T Center. <laughs> Do you know your numbers? Go to lowtcenter.com to get your levels checked. Low T Center, reinventing men's health care. Of course, it's also brought to you by our friends at Greenlight Dispensary. Check out their amazing February flower power deals at greenlightdispensary.com. That's greenlightdispensary.com. Let's hear from uh, Travis Kelsey last night. Andy Reid's going to talk coming up at 1 o'clock in his press conference, and then we'll talk with Clark Hunt. Uh, But let's hear from uh, Travis Kelsey. Um, You know, dynasty has been talked about. And, you know, winning back-to-back puts you in a different realm, puts you in a different conversation. And Patrick Mahomes has mentioned that. But uh, here's Travis Kelsey on uh, the question about, uh, you know, uh, winning back-to-back Super Bowls. 
You know, there's a certain tier of teams in the NFL that have gone back-to-back, and I've been on a mission ever since I won my first Super Bowl. Uh, we we made it back to, to the Super Bowl the year after 2019, obviously lost to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That's motivated me to get back to this point right here. You'll hear me say this a lot, but I want this one more than I've ever wanted a Super Bowl in my life. And it's because the type of team we have, the people that we have in this thing, but also because that tier of teams that have done it twice have uh, gone down in history as some of the greats. And Patrick Mahomes talked about it. Like, it's different. It's history when you've won back-to-back games. It's history. There's no taking that away. Because in the salary cap era, how many teams that have won back-to-back game, back-to-back Super Bowls? You've got the Cowboys. You've got the uh, 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 Broncos. And you got the Patriots. And you've had the Patriots attempt it, and you've had the Chiefs attempt it. And the Patriots already, you know, got one before they went to attempt it again. The Chiefs' first attempt was a big fat dud there in Tampa. And a lot of things may have gone into that one. This is one to where it's odd because it has a feel of like, this being as important as the first one they got? Because you get the first one, you want to win that one. You get the second one last year, as Travis Kelsey said on the stage to Andy Reid, how about this, Big Red? Can't tell us nothing. We won two now. Can't tell us nothing. Right? You backed it up. You got another Super Bowl. You've now won two. You weren't a uh, one and done. Uh, Right? You weren't a one-hit wonder. Wasn't a fluke. Nothing exactly about this. Right. You went from winning one to losing in the Super Bowl to losing the AFC championship game. If you never got back there again, it would be you, you know, uh, uh, plateaued in 2019 and then just went backwards. And then you got to trade Tyree Kill and everything that you've had to do to rebuild your organization. Uh, Dwight White, former Pittsburgh Steeler of the 70s, said it best. There's two categories of Super Bowl champion or Super Bowl participants that are forgotten. The losing team and the team that only won one. Hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, and, you know, the Chiefs have won two in a four-year span. Can they win three in a five-year span and go down as the greatest five-year span that we've seen? Because it would be a five-year span of football that would include back-to-back Super Bowl championships. Because the Patriots in five years did not win back-to-back. They won back-to-back back in 03 and 04, um, but winning back-to-back in the five-year span, they won one, then lost in the playoffs, then won one, then lost the Super Bowl, then then won one. The Chiefs in a five-year span would win three Super Bowls, lose the Super Bowl, and the conference championship game was lost in overtime. If they win on Sunday, I think there is a really strong argument it's the greatest five-year span of football for any organization, and there's no debating a dynasty over these five years. And then it also, to get even further ahead of ourselves, it also leaves this team exactly on track for the greatest decade, mm-hmm. for the greatest quarterback head coach run, for the greatest fill-in-the-blank. Because if you have the greatest five-year stretch, and you're not at the end of, of a longer 15-year yeah. stretch, this is at the beginning of this era. Because they've had a great six-year stretch. Yes, exactly. That, that best decade, then, is right in front of them mm-hmm. to the point where you start being able to ask questions about, like, well, you know, the Patriots did go that, like, decade without winning one. Are the Chiefs going to outshine the Patriots? That that would be the conversation on Monday, I think, yeah. if they win this game. Like we we will not need much runway to get to that mm. territory of 
saying this team is in a dynasty after three Super Bowls in those five years and having the seasons end in the spots they did, that would be the contrarian take. Like, if you go on TV and say, no, this Chiefs team is in a dynasty, do it five more times. (laughs) Like, you are going to be appropriately laughed off the desk. And that's what the Chiefs have in front of them right now. It, It is moving. I really do think there's, like, break the curse and win one, and everyone just wants to win a bleeping Super Bowl. Win a second one, prove it's not a fluke, prove that you really belong there. No mm-hmm. one really doubted that the Chiefs were great, but two two trophies is a pretty cool thing. You win a third one, now next year you're talking about a three-peat with a retooled uh, group of pass catchers. I mean, there is so much around this team and that they have earned every bit of, and it's tremendous for us, and I totally understand why it's absolutely infuriating to anybody else, because Kyle Shanahan has done a lot of Super Bowl losing. He's He's got a couple of ugly losses on his yeah. resume. This is a big moment for him. It's a big moment for the Niners, who have always been a historic organization but haven't actually won one in a while, vanquished by the Chiefs uh, in, in Miami. There's, there is a lot of good stuff riding on this game, which is why it's such a bummer when every time you look up, it's like, uh, is Brock pretty elite? It's like, oh, that's not what we should be talking about. <laughs> Kyle Shanahan has a total of uh, 35-point blown leads in the uh, Super Bowl. God. 25.1 with the uh, coordinator as the Falcons, and then the 10-point lead that they had in 2019 down in Miami. Uh, that uh, The Chiefs ended up winning by double digits. Down double digit, but only because Nick Bosa was held on third down. Nothing else happened after that. In fact, that was a 21-point hold. Yeah, nothing happened before or after that nope. play. It was That was the only play that mattered. Not at all. Um, and And so, like, we'll see what happens this weekend with the Kyle Shanahan conversation of if he wins one or whatever happens along the way in the actual game. But um, there, there's no debating. No, The only debate of dynasties is right now before they go and if they lose the Super Bowl sure. and say, well, they're two and two in that four year span uh, of the four Super Bowls in the five year span. They're two and two. Are they a dynasty that they made four Super Bowls, won two of them? And, you know, uh, what is what is that? It, that would be the debate. Do you need three? Or is it good enough with two? Are you a dynasty? If they win, there's no debating. Then it goes down to what happens moving forward. Can they be the greatest dynasty? Exactly. Because you're talking about a salary-capped era, and you're talking about retooling. And if that's the case, then why would you want to walk away from anything anytime soon? That includes Andy Reid, but also includes Travis Kelsey. Last night when he was at the podium, of course, he got lots and lots and lots and lots of questions. But retirement has been talked about with uh, Travis Kelsey. Now, a couple of times last night, it was brought up that your brother has announced his retirement. Yeah. Both times he had to correct mm-hmm. um, that, well, you know, that hasn't been decided yet with, uh, with Jason. Uh, but here's Travis Kelsey on the retirement talk and uh, what's going on in his mind and what he's thinking right now. Man, I'll tell you what, I'm always thinking about what's next. That's always a question that that you get when you're later in your career and you start to fall off. So thanks for telling me that I'm not as good as I once was. But I'll tell you what, it's something that you got to think about. I think I come into this this building and these arenas and come in and I've I've worked my tail off with these guys and I have so much love for this game. I don't I can't imagine not doing this for uh, as long as I can because I know I'll miss it when I when it's all said and done. So I can't put a timestamp on how how long I'll play, but I know I'm loving every single bit of coming into work right now. He starts off with the, well, I'm always thinking about what's next. Mm-hmm. And when you're at that age and you're not as good as you once were and, you know, that question of, uh, you know, it's, uh, you know, you're not the guy that uh, you were back in the day and now, you know, uh, how you're playing and you look good at this run, you're thinking about that. And he starts off with, well, you're always thinking about those things and thinking about what's next. and But then he ends it with, I'm not quitting anytime soon. 
I love this thing too much, and I'm not putting a time stamp, but I know uh, right now there's no time soon that I want to stop doing this. He's good once as he always was, you could say. You could say that. You could say that. We'll take a time out. We'll come back. Continue rolling. We'll hear from Andy Reid at 1 o'clock. Clark Hunt coming up in the 1 o'clock hour as well. More zone next. All right, wrapping up this hour, we will hear from uh, Andy Reid. going to be at the podium and start his um, daily press conferences. Opening night last night, the big celebration, pomp and circumstance type deal. And then... It starts the getting down to brass tacks and some of the uh, football questions will start today going on into uh, tomorrow and Thursday. And um, so we'll hear from Andy Reid coming up at uh, one o'clock in one of his many scheduled press conference uh, media availabilities. And then we'll talk with uh, uh, we'll be joined by Clark Hunt, Chiefs uh, chairman and CEO, and uh, get his thoughts on this week heading into the Super Bowl and uh, everything surrounding this organization right now. So that comes up in the 1 o'clock hour. More Zone rolling along right after this. Sports Radio 810 WHB.